Hello, hello, and welcome to another Hometown Daily News Show. This is for December 2nd, 2022. We're calling this one Get Pilk at Micro McDonald's with Mayo Nog and more news. Hello, I am Mayor Watt. That is hometown.com. There might be music that you can hear in the background. Uh, I've got it hopefully down to a certain level where there isn't any intrusion into the presentation. I'm not sure why we're over here. Oh, that's because I did a search for this because I wanted to talk about it. I had read about it and then it was submitted to me and I figured that it would be kind of interesting to, to talk about it. But that is hometown.com. That's the front page of hometown, at least for now. Um, we're working on upgrading, changing the way that the front page looks, make it more dynamic. At any rate, let's get into today's news. Uh, I have not like loaded up all of the pages like I normally do, but to get to all of the URLs, you just type in exclamation point showbot, and that'll provide you a link to hometown.showbot.tv. That's where all of the URLs are for all of the articles that we're going to go over really quick here on a Friday night hometown daily news show. So let's get into it. This one is in the order of the grape uh, because it was sourced from vinepair.com. Got milk. Pepsi launches pilk and cookies holiday campaign. The notoriously divisive concoction of Pepsi and dairy milk named Pilk or Dirty Soda for TikTok minded folks drives the brand's newest sweepstakes and accompanying ad campaign. The company launched its Pilk and Cookies holiday promotion on Thursday, inviting fans to indulge in this unusual yet festive tradition, according to a December 1st press release. And it says here, for some unknown reason, Lindsay Lohan also stars as the face of the initiative and is seen mixing up a glass of ice cold pilk in a promotion video. I'm not sure how I feel about clicking this, but why not? For science. This is over at vinepair.com. Nicolette Baker is the author of this article. Photography is provided by Pepsi, apparently. I'm not sure if it's, I guess it's part of the press release, so. But there is Lindsay Lohan mixing up Pilk. Uh, let's see here. What is going on with the music? I'm not sure how I feel about it. Anyway, a total of 25 cash prizes will be up for grabs in the coming weeks through a social media giveaway, and users must follow Pepsi on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, or TikTok and share a photo or video of their Pilk and Cookies creation for an entry in the sweepstakes runs through December 25th. Like all good Christmassy, you know, because Christmas is for sweepstakes. Like Virginia is for lovers. <laughs> Christmas is for sweepstakes. Anyway, if you've been in the habit of setting out milk spiked Pepsi, on Christmas Eve, there's a 30% chance that Santa is already skipping over your house. Even Lilo and her or had her doubts about the combination at first. 
Partnering with Pepsi to, to announce Pilk and Cookies has been an incredible experience, said, said uh, Lindsay Lohan. Lilo. As, soon, uh, as someone who loves the holiday season and embracing new traditions, I was thrilled to have a little bit of fun with Pepsi and their take on the dirty soda. For people learning about Pilk for the first time, I won't lie to you when I say I was a bit skeptical when I first heard of this pairing, but after my first sip, I was amazed at how how delicious it was. Uh, sorry, my brain instantly injected how ridiculous this was, but I haven't tried it, so I really should not judge a book by its pilkin cookies. So, very excited for the rest of the world to try it, according to Lindsay Lohan. Anyway, I interjected some of my own commentary in there. So if you are interested in reading more about this or seeing that picture, if you're looking at or listening to the podcast or not paying attention, but not looking at the screen, so I don't know, go and check it out over at mindpair.com. You can follow the link. Again, it's over at showbot.tv. So you go to hometown.showbot.tv. That's not my site, um, showbot.tv. They are the engine that provides those URL locations there. At any rate, the Daily News Show is the next article. Scientists discover new predatory dinosaur species. They've discovered uh, new fossils of a new dinosaur. Let's click this link. It takes us over to abcnews.go.com. Julia Jacobo is the author of this article. Um, not necessarily the news itself. Let me pause that. The species was named uh, Natovenator polydontis. So, what, it has a lot of teeth? Yeah, swimming hunter with many teeth. Right on. Um, the scientists discover fossils of new predatory dinosaur species in Mongolia. The title was actually changed slightly from what was aggregated by my gatherer. Uh, software so uh, let's see a near complete skeleton found in the Omnogavi province depicts a bird like specimen and was named uh, Nato Venator polydontis or swimming hunter with many teeth according to a paper published in communications biology on Tuesday uh, during the expedition 27 members of the team gathered 196 cataloged specimens the polydontis was found by Robin Sissons, a graduate student at the University of Alberta. Lee said, and Lee is, uh, let's see, Young Nam Lee, a professor of vertebrate paleontology who led the dig. Pretty neat. So the dig was a Korea Mongolia International Dinosaur Expedition that located the fossils at the Barangoya. I guess I, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, so correct me phonetically if you can. Uh, formation in 2008 and wow it's been a long time um all of the fossils from the collection were then shipped to south korea for preparation and study where a whole skeleton came to light of the new species of dinosaur so it was a little tiny thing specimen was so delicate but beautifully preserved according to the article pretty neat and i think there's paleontologizing is another um stream here on twitch i'm sure they're over on youtube as well but it's actually called paleontologizing they'll probably be talking about this um, if they're not already talking about this let's move on to the next article which is bench lab 
over on the Law Nerd channel. It's sourced from above the law. They say this is going to leave a mark. The 11th Circuit, they say they have an asterisk in the title, but it shit cans. Trump special master and withering takedown of lower court ruling that shouldn't have made that all possible and that the FBI had the right to do their investigation without a former president or future president or anybody who is tied to said president from benefiting from their decision that former president can't influence or shouldn't influence an investigation into themselves. So in a phrase, kiss my shiny metal ass. Um, I can say that because I am a bot. Otherwise, it's... No, it's nothing. Anyway, last night, the 11th Circuit delivered the expected death blow to the special master review of documents seized August 8th at the former president's Mar-a-Lago club pursuant to a judicially authorized warrant. The appellate uh, panel of two Trump appointee jurists and conservative W appointee Chief Judge William Pryor held that the trial court abused its discretion in arrogating to itself jurisdiction over the seized materials. It was a total humiliation for U.S. District Judge Aileen Cannon, who went bent over backwards to give Trump everything he wanted, even when his lawyers failed to plead it cogently or at all. I've been watching this. They, they arrogantly <laughs> so they basically gave themselves jurisdiction over the seized materials so that well I don't know what all was actually documented so I hope that the chain of custody was locked into this thing I mean the hubris that is involved in this um, let me let me see something here there was a long discussion that I was having about this and um, they they basically well they made it so that they had control over the documents and it was exceedingly biased I mean the hubris of trying to read this or, or trying to make this possible basically the, the, the jurists and the public were sitting there saying you have to be a complete idiot to not see what this is or what this is, right? So they gave themselves authority um, to control the investigation. And that, I mean, ethically, I think that everybody in this entire experience that said that it was possible should be disbarred for crying out loud. This is ridiculous. So let's see what they say down here. Uh, the most importantly, there has been no argument that the essential first factor, callous disregard for the plaintiff's constitutional rights has been met here. Trump's lawyer, uh, Jim Trusty, invented an alternate reality in which a plaintiff gets to examine the underlying affidavit and litigant the character of each item seized in an effort to determine if the search was lawful, but that's not how any of this goes. Plaintiff's attorneys claimed at oral argument that the special master process is necessary to determine whether a constitutional violation happened, the court writes. This justification finds no support in our precedent and would result in a dramatic and unwarranted expansion of equitable jurisdiction. 
basically saying, no, you cannot decide for yourself what is included, what might be a constitutional breach of some kind. And then you make the rules. This is just ridiculous. So if you are really curious about this, just do a search for um, special master 11, 11th circuit and special master, and you'll find all kinds of information and you, the, the bias was palpable. This wasn't, this wasn't political in any sense of the word. This was, (laughs) this was legal. This was based on uh, preventing an abuse of power, both at the court level and at the presidential level. I mean, the person had documents from, and nothing is owned by the president. They come in, unless it is a gift that's specifically given to them and actually cleared by um, the administration for acceptance, right? It isn't a, it isn't a, a, a bribe. It isn't, um, an overly expensive gift. And in most cases, I think that they shouldn't accept gifts anyway. And any gift that does come their way gets donated somewhere. Maybe it gets put somewhere. And we have a history of accepting gifts, not a history. It's happened once where a gift from Russia actually ended up <laughs> being a surveillance device in an embassy in, elsewhere in Russia. Can you imagine that happening here? Anyway, Oh, wait, you mean a a Russian plant? No, that never happens. Let's move on. Uh, The next article is in the Hatch Ideas channel. Goldman finds prior year's losers tend to beat the market in the first quarter. Ten laggard buys. The investment firm said that this trend has become more pronounced over the last two years. It's basically the seesaw. When something is going to fall behind, there is a chance that it'll come back. Oh, man, I'm not logged in. Anyway, um, let's see if it'll actually continue on. No, it won't. Anyway, um, maybe I can find this and we'll come back to it. I just won't spend any time on it today. But anyway, um, what ends up happening is there are some stocks that kind of collapse because they aren't, they're announcing something or there's some other uh, technical trading systems that are in place that have weighed really poorly on a stock. And so the stock loses some of its value, but holistically it has the potential to return. So if you watch it in the beginning of the calendar, right? So the first quarter, uh, but the calendar quarter or um, the stocks fiscal quarter, um, you might be able to see a trend where it bounces back in the first quarter, according to Goldman Sachs. Now, this happens enough where they can actually name 10, 10 stocks that lagged in one year and could bounce back in the first calendar year starting January 1st. So just a few days away. And by few, I mean almost a month. But at any rate, give it a shot. Look for some lagging stocks and then monitor them to see if they're going to bounce back by the end of the, well, see if they bounce back last year or the year before some way that signifies that they have done it. And I'll come back to this. Um, since I'm doing this live, I don't want to go hunting for these 10. 
I'm sure somebody would be able to find them faster than me while I'm going through the news. Um, the next article is in the Mobile Channel. Most Americans agree the federal minimum wage is too low, says a poll. So they have these neat little story at a glance kind of things. Um, let's go over to the Hill. Did I say where that last article was from? Sarah Min is the author of that Goldman Sachs uh, 10 stocks that lagged this year and could bounce in the first quarter, although I can't go over it. Um, you can go and do a search. Okay, so most Americans agree that the federal minimum wage is too low, and I'm one of them. Gianna Malillo, sorry, Gianna Melillo or Malillo, um, is the author of this. 77% of Americans think the federal minimum wage of $7.25 an hour is too low. Yeah, and this is poverty level. This is, you're not going to be able to, this is the national federal minimum wage. Now, if a company is in wait staff in particular, um, or doing, you know, 725 and then you have to tip and it barely makes, you know, 15. If, you know, it really depends on the meal, but for crying out loud, owners of businesses should just raise their rates so that it includes a livable wage, not a livable wage. Let's just say at least, I'm not sure what it should be nowadays, right? Like $13,590, just above the poverty benchmark. That is the, the federal poverty benchmark is a joke. You try and find some place where you can live off of $15,000, $14,000, right? And you're going to get told, well, you need to get a better job. Okay, to get a better job, you need a better education. To get a better education, you have to go in unbearable debt. Believe me. Um, and even then, you may, by the time you're doing this, your life may have drifted in a different direction and... There are no jobs because the economy sucks and employers would rather have their profit margins wider than and and mind you profit profit margins okay so it, we're talking about profit everything is paid for and on the other side of that is profit <laughs> so why is the owner of a business pulling in with a Ferrari and you're pulling in with this broken down hoopty because they're paying $7.25 an hour because that is the at least allowable by law. Meanwhile, again, they've got a 8,500 square foot house and they're pulling into a place with a Ferrari that's paid off. Well, I'm sure there's a lot of businesses that aren't like this but it's the ones that are exploitive of this that are the biggest problem. And there are others. I mean, I've heard stories of owners that take tips and distribute them, including themselves or the house or in some way in the dark, abuse this. The, count, the country's minimum wage has was last raised 13 years ago from 655, and some estimates um, say that it's uh, lost more than a quarter of its purchasing power in that time. Although several states have raised their minimum wage since 2009, more than 15 still pay their workers 7.25 an hour. 
and some of them are paying like $15 an hour. And even then, you know, you're talking about $27,000, um, which is the, the gross. It's the amount that you can, you know, it says $15,000, just above the, uh, the federal poverty benchmark of $13,590. That's pathetic, right? I mean, people need to be able to pay for an apartment. You can't do that. Um, you'd have to move somewhere else where there isn't as much opportunity. And the reason why the, the uh, you know, lease price is lower is because there is lower opportunity there. And there aren't as many, you know, uh, wealthy people able to pay the higher rate. And there's all kinds of other knock-on effects from that. So again, you're talking about you know, greed. If people were paid more, they would be able to have a healthier lifestyle. Maybe get a better education and maybe be a better asset to the company as a whole instead of nothing more than what the employer sees which is probably a pure worker bee you do one thing that's it that's all i care about as long as i get my ferrari i keep joking about that i'm not really joking about that it's passive aggressive about the ferrari thing but anyway over half of those who oppose federal minimum wage still felt that 725 is too low, while most respondents, 64%, felt that their own state's minimum wage is too low. Washington, D.C. has the highest minimum wage in the country at $16.10 per hour. When asked what the federal minimum wage should be, Americans offered a median amount of $14.88 per hour. Hmm. Maybe. $15 an hour? I still don't think it's enough. Let's move on to the next article. This one is over in Business Insider, and it's by Mary Meisenzel. Um, McDonald's opens first small format location that's optimized for delivery and mobile orders. I refer to it as a mini McDonald's or micro McDonald's. I think micro McDonald's is more appropriate, right? That's what I called it, micro McDonald's. Anyway, um, it will focus on to-go orders and mobile orders, which is pretty much what I think most McDonald's focus on. Uh, have a very robust, speedy drive-through. Uh, mine nearest to me is extremely fast, but I hardly go there. <laughs> uh, but when they, I do go there, they're extremely fast. So McDonald's is testing a new restaurant design for to-go and delivery orders. The location will have pickup shelves and a mobile order pickup drive-through lane. Chipotle, Panera, Taco Bell, and other chains have added similar updates. Um, actually, there is a, a place near me that um, has doubled its checkout lanes by putting a middle layer, a middle lane, I should say, in the store where you can just bag stuff and swipe on the way out and pay and you're done. You don't have to interact with a human or wait in line as long as the you know person in front of you is gone. I think it's pretty amazing. Um, and when I asked the employees there if it was good or bad, uh, they all loved it because 
Um, sometimes, you know, some a person is just getting one thing and they don't want to have to wait in line. And so it makes the customers happier and it doesn't, it seemingly doesn't take away any uh, job. And somebody has to be tooled to take care of these automated tellers. Uh, point of sale terminals, not tellers. Anyway, the test restaurant outside Fort Worth, Texas is the first of its kind for McDonald's. It includes an order ahead lane where McDonald's, or sorry, customers can drive up and retrieve mobile orders from a conveyor belt. These customers will be able to skip the regular drive through line. Got it. And the interior of the restaurant is designed to speedily serve up to go orders. Looks pretty slick, actually, from what I, that little, there's a little tiny picture in, in the uh, article. And, um, yeah, it looks like it has an ATM in there so that you can pay with cash. And um, probably most people aren't paying with cash, though. Nowadays, um, I'd have to do some research to see how many people are actually just paying with a credit card, nothing else. Let's keep on hustling through the news. The next article is in the Hatch Ideas channel. Uh, Apple's long-rumored headset is reportedly getting a new name for its software, XROS. Apple's mixed reality headset will rename its operating system to XROS. So uh, basically, uh, well, they're saying reality OS, but uh, mixed reality XROS is both AR and VR. So uh, the name change comes as Apple ramps up its efforts on the AR VR headset. The tech giant's headset will be the newest product group since Apple Watch was released. And they didn't respond to Insider. And that's where this is sourced from, Business Insider. Let's just go over there. They got their information from Bloomberg, it seems. Aaron Mock is the author. That is not the Apple headset that's on this dude. Um, if anything, I think it's going to end up being like a pair of glasses like mine. Um, yeah, I wear you may not be able to tell in that tiny little window, but I wear glasses um, when I'm reading at arm's length. And... Um, yeah, they're not going to be these bulky, whatever. Oh, this is horrible. Um, VR benefits from this blackout kind of thing. Um, the end reels are kind of mixed reality in that you can put a blackout shade and you can actually see um, in a more VR state. But end uh, reel has a, a really amazing um mixed reality augmented reality uh, solution so if they if apple was smart um they would probably either either they're doing fundamental research at apple headquarters um or they're gonna buy somebody like Enreal. just not sure how that's gonna play out um that said apple is changing their name for the operating system to my goodness what is going on oh so my trackball i said in the last episode has this problem the micro switches are starting to fail um and when they fail they fail kind of a wonky open for a sporadic period of time uh, my research suggests that it is a voltage issue um and that sometimes it has too much and sometimes not enough <laughs> and uh, it just kind of shorts out for a short period of time and just clicks like a little maniac until I click it again. It doesn't get stuck. 
because nothing is stuck and it depends on which click I'm doing. So there's like five different switches in this thing. Anyway, let me move on. Actually, there's like 11, but at any rate. Um, yeah, so it's going to be XROS. Formerly, it's the operating system formerly known as Reality OS. I'm not sure why that change is coming, but that's okay. XROS is nice. The name change provides a glimpse into the gadget's features as the tech giant ramps up its development efforts. Sources familiar with the matter told Bloomberg, and they took it from Bloomberg and wrote a little bit more about it. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that it's going to be... Um, I am hoping, let me say, I don't think it's going to be, I am hoping because you just never know what it's actually going to be unless you have somehow tapped into the inner workings of Apple um, or somebody got drunk at a bar and left it sitting on the counter, which probably it's pretty likely to happen at this day and age. Um, we just don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm hoping that it's going to be AR. Focus on AR, but it will be able to be ported over to VR when a VR headset is launched. They're two different animals. They don't have to be the same. You can have, you know, specificity in your design. These are AR glasses. This is a new product line that is VR XR. You know, like my Pico, I can just knock on it twice and it opens up to a pass-through color or full-color camera. Depth perception is an issue because it's only one camera lens, but um, when you're looking at it, uh, things are zoomed in a whole lot. That said, that could be XR, but it's not going to be AR. Just won't be. I mean, it does have the ability to do AR with the pass through, it can superimpose stuff, uh, and it does. So maybe it's going to be this big, bulky headset, but that doesn't seem like Apple's style. Okay, so let's move on. The next article is in the uh, Mobile Channel Reckless Driver turns out to be a dog behind a wheel in a Texas crash. Police in Texas said they apprehended a reckless driver that turned out to be a dog after two vehicles were hit in a Walmart parking lot. The owner of one of the vehicles said he saw the suspect barreling down on him, but he was unable to avoid the crash. He was shocked to see a dog in the driver's seat. I love news like this. As long as nobody got hurt. So this is um, an article by Sage Souls and Nextar Media Wire for The Hill. And it says here that uh, the owner of one of the vehicles saw the suspect barreling down on him, was shocked to see a dog in the driver's seat. They took a picture. Uh, it looks like a police officer took a picture of the dog sitting in the passenger seat with a look of, did I do that? Nope, wasn't me, wasn't me. I was sitting here all along. I, this dog looks guilty AF. I mean, this is ridiculous. This dog knows what it did. So police found that the dog was sitting in the unoccupied truck waiting for its owners who were inside the uh, inside the store and police said that the dog set the truck in motion after it apparently got a little antsy and bounced around inside the cab. According to police, the steering column had prior damage that apparently allowed the pooch to accidentally place the truck in drive. Uh, so there's going to be some negligence here. Or they're just going to let it go and move on. I don't know. 
So it says here, quote, it doesn't sound feasible, but an eyewitness saw the pooch behind the wheel just before the crash, said Kilgore Police Department. He certainly got a guilty look on his face. Yep, indeed. Police said no one was hurt in the crash. Several social media users commented on Facebook, including Kilgore Animal Control, which said in a post, I did not issue this pup's license before anyone asks. Yeah. This next article is in the Order of the Grape channel. It's all about wine. Hellman's Mayo Nog is here, and it's just as wacky as you'd imagine. This was sourced from vinepair.com. A lot of my news comes from the same sources because they are more prolific in publishing, uh, but I do indeed have about 200 sources um, that throw things into various categories, 50 of them really, close to 50. Um, I tell people when I stream every once in a while that um, they're not they're not always active, but um, yeah, got a bunch, got a bunch. It helps me organize my news consumption to do this. So this article is over in the vinepair.com site. Nicolette Baker again, Joalia Hospitality is the, which is an interesting name, um, did the photography this time. And uh, love it or leave it, eggnog can be one of the most polarizing sips of the holiday season. And as if the drink couldn't get any more controversial, Hellman's mayonnaise. Mayonnaise, I like to say it like that. Hellman's mayonnaise, or mayonnaise, is set on further shaking up the festive classic. I mean, it's a lot of fat, so I guess that's okay. The condiment company is launching a mayonog cocktail in partnership with mixologist Cody Goldstein of Muddling Memories, and this is certainly muddling my memory, and New York City restaurant Amy Fontaine's, according to a December 2nd email, the press release, Goldstein heads the project, turning the seemingly unrelated, uh, unrelated sorry, uh, ingredients into a frozen mayo nog and accompanying snickerdoodle mayo cookies. Yum. Uh, you probably would lose the mayo flavor in the cookies. It is a fat, and um, it would make it pretty, pretty... I don't, yeah, I'd, I'd say it would be pretty delicious, actually. Kind of gooey. I'd, I don't think it would solidify in room temperature. Um, anyway, the frozen mayo nog is maybe a bit much for me. So it says, as eggs are listed fairly high on Hellman's mayonnaise ingredient list, it's no stretch of the uh, imagination that this combination might work to mix up this creamy drink. Goldstein combines the mayonnaise with dark rum, apple brandy, whole milk, heavy cream, simple syrup, vanilla, nutmeg, and cinnamon, and an EKG. It'll set you back 16 bucks to taste the limited edition cocktail at Amy Fontaine's, but for home mixologists, here's the recipe. Ta-da! Everybody, go make it. Come back uh, tomorrow or sometime this month. If you stumble across this, this would be great. Come back and talk to me about it. Mix all the ingredients in a blender with ice and turn it into a smooth, uh, icy drink garnish with a dusting of cinnamon there you go forever to be stored in YouTube because Twitch only allows me 60 days Bitcoin jumps after strong jobs data and DOJ calls for independent FTX probe 
says CNBC Crypto World. This is stored in the Hatch Ideas channel and it was sourced from CNBC.com. Let's go take a look at it. Um, so Bitcoin actually only jumped to, I think, 17,000. Let me take a look real quick. Uh, yeah, 17,078. So it actually started at 16,979. So the jump is a little bit premature there, CNBC. But at any rate, Pippa Stevens, Jordan Smith, Talia Kaplan, write this little snippet. Uh, CNBC Crypto World features the latest news and daily trading updates. If you're interested in that kind of thing, you can follow the link and get some more information. But it's basically like a little video and you can watch it. And yeah, Bitcoin went up a whopping $133. I think its days are numbered. Um, it has jumped the shark, so to speak, and FTX was the ramp. And the last article for today is the one that you saw at the very beginning of the stream, which is Brewdog Distilling to Auction 50 Whiskey Casts. I would love to have one of these, um, if only to say that I have a bourbon cask somewhere. Well, a Brewdog Distilling cask. I'm not sure what spirit is actually going to end up inside it but at any rate the producer will auction the first 50 casks of its single malt and single grain whiskeys to be filled uh, at its new still house in ellen scotland the sale will go live on whiskey hammer at 7 p.m gmt on wednesday december 7th and will end sunday december 11th the casks will be filled in early 2023 and will comprise 30 ex oloroso sherry casks with liquid made from golden promise barley 15 first fill ex bourbon casks filled with a spirit made from golden promise barley and five ex bourbon casks filled with a rye follow uh, a rye forward single grain made with an 80 percent rye malt bill and the bill is the ingredients just in case you're wondering what that means it's not a price it is a price though because well, rye and barley and wheat and all of this is expensive. Well, it costs money. Anyway, um, bidding will start at 5,000 pounds, about $6,100 US dollars, freedom units, I suppose. Um, excluding commission, VAT, and duty, the cast will be stored in Brewdog's bonded warehouse next to the distillery until the owner feels the liquid is ready to bottle. This sounds awesome. The new facility includes a climate-controlled warehouse that can hold almost 1,000 casks, and at the start of 2022, Brewdog Distilling unveiled a navy-strength lone wolf gin. If you're into gin, navy strength basically takes cask strength uh, to the table, I suppose. So navy strength is just a higher-proof gin. Well, higher-proof anything if you call it navy strength. So pretty neat. And if you are interested in that kind of thing, uh, go and check it out. Obviously, you can follow the link through Omtown, just like this, right? So you go over to uh, omtown.showbot.tv. You find the link that leads to Omtown. That's this link here. And then you click on visit the source if you are so motivated. Otherwise, you can log in and you can reply right here. Pretty simple stuff, right? I think it's fun. I think it's interesting. Most people that I see trafficking Ohmtown, stopping by, so to speak, um, are 
only reading the articles and following the links. Um, how many of them are bots? How many of them are humans? I don't know. I just don't know. Um, but I know many people are actually using it. So at least the anecdotal evidence makes me feel like it's worth it. If not just for me. Anyway, BrewDog Distilling to auction 50 whiskey casks is part of the spiritsbusiness.com website. Melita Keeley is the author of the article. And um, again, 50 whiskey casks to be sold at auction starting at 5,000 pounds starting December 7th and going until December 11th. Here's to you. Okay, so I am done for the day. I am, again, I am Merwat. That is actually just a website, but that is ometown.com. Go over there, sign up, become a citizen, keep in touch. Come back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern. We'll chat about another 10, 11, 12 articles. It really depends on the news and how much time I can dedicate. Um, I give about an hour uh, each day for the show. Um, prep time is throughout the day and um, I hope to see you here I, I, I like to talk about this stuff and it's at the crossroads of business technology and society where hometown exists come back tomorrow and let's talk about it bye bye <laughs>